Section 7 of On Chronic Alcoholic Intoxication, with an Inquiry into the Influence of the Abuse of Alcohol as a Predisposing Cause of Disease, by William Marset. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Therapeutical Properties of Oxide of Zinc Oxide of zinc may be considered as a tonic for the nervous system, and at the same time a sedative and antispasmodic. The other compounds of zinc used in medicine appear to be possessed more or less of the same therapeutical properties as the oxide. Dr. Barnes has administered phosphate of zinc with favorable results in cases of epilepsy. The sulfate has been employed with advantage by Dr. Hughes, Dr. Addison, Dr. Barlow, and others for the treatment of chorea, and the lactate has been used in epilepsy by Dr. Herpin. Dr. Goldingbird has been heard to state in the wards of Guy's Hospital that zinc has a peculiar and specific influence on the nervous system, in about the same matter as iron on blood. Footnote. Lancet, 1851, Volume 1, and footnote. It has been suggested, however, that this substance is possessed of medicinal power merely on account of the faith the patient places in its efficacy, meaning, in plain language, that it exerts no action whatever. As a proof of the effects of oxide of zinc not arising from its influence on the imagination, I may perhaps be allowed to report, in addition to Dr. Golding Bird's valuable opinion, the case of a little dog treated successfully with this drug. On the 2nd November, 1855, a small spaniel, kept in my house, was suddenly seized with a peculiar and uninterrupted moaning. The animal was very restless during the night, and the next morning had a fit attended with violent screaming and barking, which lasted about one minute. It was followed by other similar attacks, which increased in frequency until there was hardly an intermission between them the animal running round and round from left to right and crying out most piteously. The fits continued the whole of the succeeding night. On the 24th, the severity of the attacks had increased. There was partial paralysis of the posterior extremities, but towards the evening the paroxysms diminished in violence and frequency. On the 25th, they were hardly perceptible, and on the following day the animal had resumed its lively character. I began the treatment in the present instance with opium, the dog was made to take ten drops of laudanum three times during the first day, and then twenty drops at night, but without stopping the fits. I next made him inhale chloroform until he became perfectly insensible, which had no further effect than that of diminishing the fits at the time. On the 24th I gave him four grains of oxide of zinc in two doses. One grain had been given to him on the 22nd the same on the 25th and 26th when the treatment was concluded. The case proves beyond doubt that oxide of zinc does not cure by acting on the imagination, but that it really is in itself a powerful remedy. Footnote, I have not found it stated in my notes at what time on the 24th the oxide of zinc was administered, but recollect distinctly given the remedy as a last resource, thinking the dog was then dying. The treatment had consequently been commenced at the most acute stage of the disease. End footnote. Oxide of zinc exerts a most remarkable action in certain cases of functional derangement of the nervous system. I have administered it in epilepsy chorea cases of mild hysteria, paralysis, and lead palsy, exhaustion from excessive mental work, and chronic alcoholic intoxication. I succeeded in obtaining favorable results in certain cases of epilepsy in chorea. Indeed, I had been induced at first to consider this agent as a specific for the treatment of epilepsy. 
and under this impression had communicated it to the British Medical Journal for the 23rd of November, 1855. A report on the use of oxide of zinc in epilepsy. Since that time, however, having continued to prescribe the remedy for the treatment of this disorder, I am now obliged to admit that it seldom, if ever, cures the disease, although it is certainly often attended with beneficial effects. I have obtained similar results in Korea. Indeed, oxide of zinc is perhaps more effectual in epilepsy. Some cases of mild hysteria were rapidly cured under a treatment with oxide of zinc, in others it produced scarcely any effect, and in certain instances the medicine proved objectionable. In the following cases, oxide of zinc acted most favorably. M.J., age 48, admitted on November 16, 1855. She suffered two years from an abscess in the forehead, and has complained ever since that time of constant headache. Is very subject to giddiness and fainting, but never had any fit. Muscae voluntantes and tinnitus aureum, no bolus hysterectus. Sleeps very restlessly, appetite pretty good, has not menstruated for a year. On admission, one grain of oxide of zinc was ordered to be taken twice a day, which on the 30th had been gradually increased to six grains twice a day. On the 19th and 21st, she had half an ounce of castor oil. On December 7th, I took the following note. Is now quite well and strong. No more headache or giddiness. Sleeps better, though not yet quite soundly. Is dismissed. A.M. Admitted on the 28th, November, 1855. Complains of headache, muscae voluntantes, and tinnitus aureum. For the last six weeks, appetite good, bowels rather confined. She was treated with oxide of zinc and dismissed cured on the 19th of December. I have not found paralysis and lead palsy to be relieved by the internal use of oxide of zinc. Mental exhaustion. Remarkably favorable results have been obtained from the prescription of oxide of zinc in cases of cerebral affection arising from excessive mental exertion. And this disease, which is in many cases difficult to cure, is rapidly brought under control by the above means. I have treated four cases of this description by means of oxide of zinc. The first is a lady, Mrs. B. I was requested to see her on the 21st of November, 1855. She has been for the last three months almost exclusively engaged in literary pursuits and ascribed her illness to excessive reading and exertion of the mind. The patient was treated with one grain of oxide of zinc twice a day, and a blister was directed to be applied to the back of the neck. Castor oil was given once. On the 23rd of November, I found her much better. On the 24th, there was a slight relapse, but soon gave way under the same treatment. She expressed herself quite recovered on the 26th. I again visited her about a fortnight afterwards, and found her quite well. The next case is of considerable interest, as, after other means had failed, the patient recovered under a treatment with oxide of zinc. Mrs. E., age 15, had been for the last three years a pupil at a school, and has applied herself with excessive zeal to her studies. She suffers from headache and giddiness, occasional tinnitus aurium and muscae voluntantes. Mental abstraction has become difficult. I advised her to give up her studies, and began the treatment with quinine and iron, but without benefit. One grain of oxide of zinc was then ordered to be taken twice a day, and a small blister directed to be applied to the back of the neck. The same part was again blistered a fortnight afterwards, so the dose of medicine was increased gradually until she took three grains twice a day. After taking 60 pills of oxide of zinc, she has completely recovered. 
nothing more than an occasional and but a slight headache being left, felt especially when confined in a room or a crowded carriage. In the following case, excessive mental exertion was also the exciting cause of the complaint, the individual being in other respects predisposed to it. Again, oxide of zinc proved most useful. J.R., age 19, admitted an outpatient of the Westminster Hospital on the 23rd of November, 1855. About two years previous to admission had a fit, subsequent to a fall on his head from a height of four feet. The accident occurred on an afternoon and the fit took place on the evening of the same day, lasting till the following day. He was quite insensible for nearly the whole of that time. Has had no return of the fit since then, is a numerical printer, and besides his business has been very busy studying Greek and Latin at night, which he believes to have been the main cause of his present illness. He dropped his literary pursuits a few days ago, but continues attending to his business. For the last two years he has been suffering from headache, pain in the region of the heart, and palpitation. He trembles at any sudden and unexpected disturbance, and occasionally feels a sensation of fainting. He was ordered to take two grains of oxide of zinc twice a day. On the 30th, he was much better. The dose was increased to five grains. He returned to me for the last time on December 7th, being greatly improved in every respect. It may be here to remind the reader of the melancholy case of C.T., page 67. This patient recovered completely under treatment of oxide of zinc. Dyspepsia. The following case is interesting, as showing that in some cases of inveterate chronic gastralgia, Oxide of zinc may affect or assist in effecting a perfect cure. I called on Mr. R. on the 1st of October, 1856. He was suffering from great pain in the epigastric region, occurring three times a day, about two hours after each meal. The pain was attended with a sensation of great weakness and mental depression. He felt quite well in every other respect. I treated the case with quinine and sulfuric acid, rhubarb and sulfate of magnesia, iron and quinine, and compound soap pill. On the 22nd of November, he was better, though still complaining. In January 1847, this gentleman again requested me to see him. He was suffering from the same symptoms as previously. On examining his urine on the 3rd of February, I found it to contain uric acid and urates, and I prescribed 10 minims of liquor potassae to be added to his beer at dinner. One grain of oxide of zinc made into a pill with a confection of roses, was also ordered to be taken twice a day. On the 7th of February, there was a decided improvement. On the 12th, the improvement had continued. He was directed to take the liquor potassae twice a day, and the dose of oxide of zinc was increased to two grains. On March 7th, he only felt a slight pain in the stomach every two or three days. He had been taking four grains of oxide of zinc for a dose, was directed to admit the liquor potassae and five grains of oxide of zinc twice a day. The following note was recorded on the 27th of March. Has had no return of pain for the last eight or ten days. Has taken no oxide of zinc for a week. I then discontinued attending, and since March 1857 there has been no return of dyspeptic symptoms. Footnote, Dr. Theophilus Thompson has found oxide of zinc very useful for the removal of colloquative sweating in phthilis. Lancet, 1854, Volume 1, and footnote. I now propose returning to our subject and describing the action of oxide of zinc in cases of chronic alcoholic intoxication. Chronic alcoholism treated with oxide of zinc. 
Let it first be well understood that it is not advisable to give oxide of zinc indiscriminately in every case of disturbance of the nervous functions owing to intemperance. The beneficial results of this treatment are more especially observed in those cases of chronic alcoholism, which are unattended by any organic disorder, and when the disease occurs in an individual of a sound constitution. The various affections of the lungs are peculiarly liable to diminish in a considerable degree the property of oxide of zinc of controlling the illness in question. Rheumatism may next be mentioned, but I must not omit to observe that chronic alcoholism is very frequently attended with a symptom resulting directly from the alcoholic poisoning, and which might be mistaken for rheumatism. It is described by the patient as a weakness and pain across the hips and want of power in the knees, preventing a heavy weight being carried, or even interfering with the act of walking. This symptom usually gives way under a treatment with oxide of zinc, but may sometimes remain after the patient has recovered in every other respect. In some cases, it will eventually disappear by having recourse to tonics. Gastric disorders, which so frequently accompany chronic alcoholism, are sometimes rapidly subdued by oxide of zinc. This occurs, no doubt, principally in those cases where the gastric symptoms depend entirely on the disturbance of the functions of the nervous system. And that such a disorder does not actually exist is shown by the following observation of Dr. Budd in his book on diseases of the stomach. Having mentioned the organic changes occurring in the stomach in cases of indigestion of drunkards, he states, page 287, but the gastric disorder we are considering may occur without either of these events, and when the stomach, in case of death, may exhibit no striking marks of the disease. When the gastric symptoms are very urgent, such as great pain in the stomach, with much vomiting, I am in the habit of prescribing opium at night, in the form of compound soap pills, independently of the oxide of zinc. In some of these cases, a substitution for a few days of carbonate of ammonia for oxide of zinc was attended with benefit. The following is the usual effect of oxide of zinc in simple cases of chronic alcoholism. First, the sleep is improved. The patient does not lie so long awake at night, and the nightmare becomes less frightful. Then the hallucinations decrease. The patient is no longer troubled with black specks passing constantly before his eyes, or with the sight of imaginary objects, such as insects or other animals crawling about the room, and extraordinary noises are no longer heard. The attacks of trembling also diminish in frequency, if not intensity, and gradually pass off. This improvement is attended with an increase of appetite as well as a marked diminution of the gastric symptoms, and when the patient can take food and digest it well, he may be looked upon as in a fair way towards recovery. Gradually, muscular power returns in the mental depression, which frequently accompanies chronic alcoholism, disappears. The patient becomes cheerful and happy and expresses with gratitude his joy at feeling quite well. Footnote. It is to be understood that during the period of recovery the symptoms are frequently not relieved in the above-mentioned order. End footnote. When the disorder is complicated by an organic disease, I have found it advisable to begin with oxide of zinc in order to alleviate as much as possible the functional derangement of the nervous system and then to adopt such a course of treatment as may be considered most suitable to the occasion. The following cases have been selected as well adapted to illustrate the action of oxide of zinc in chronic alcoholism, and will be found worth the reader's attention. They are divided into two classes, the first class including those cases in which the disease assumed its simple form, and the second including those which were accompanied with other disorders. 
Each class of cases is also divided into two subdivisions. The first comprehending patients treated for chronic alcoholism at the time they were overindulging themselves in spirituous beverages, and the second those who came under treatment some time after having given up the habit of drinking. End of section 7